sesh. I am Kendall Ray. And I'm Janelle. Welcome to episode nine. We are so happy to have you join us this week. This week, we're talking about The Social Dilemma, which was a documentary that came out on Netflix recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty popular, so I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. And also last week, we mentioned that this week we'd be talking about it. So if you had watched it uh, before then, then you'll kind of know what we're talking about a little bit. Yeah. And honestly, it's not something that you have to have seen it to understand what we're going to talk about. I mean, we're going to be all over the place. It's something that we wanted to talk about just already before this documentary even came out. It's just a good opportunity We have a lot of thoughts on this Mm -hmm. stuff, especially because we're all involved in social media. Josh is here today as well, and he's going to kind of chime in just because he used to work in the tech world and kind of understand some of this stuff a little better than Janelle and I do. Mm -hmm. But we have a pretty good understanding of it, I'd say, more than the average person about how these algorithms and social media work and, you know, advertising online, all that stuff, just because we, we do this for a living. Definitely. Um, but it was still very eye opening. I learned a ton of new things and I definitely recommend watching it either before or after this episode, but mm-hmm. we're not going to like give any spoilers away or anything no. like that. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty it's, factual. We're yeah, gonna be going over factual. statistics and yeah, definitely. just our opinions. So. I mean, the main gist of the documentary is basically talking about how social media as a whole has really taken over our lives and mm-hmm. the detrimental effects that it can have on our mental health and, mm-hmm. Um, also it really goes behind the scenes of, you know, like you were saying, the logistics of how social media works and how does it know exactly what we want to see and what we want to click on and how is it, you know, personalized to everyone. Everyone's Mm -hmm. timeline is totally different than someone else's. And so, um, we're going to talk a lot about that, but we also have some spicy topics, of course. Yeah. Just a few spices. There wasn't too much going on this week other than the presidential debate, which was very spicy. That was spicy as hell, but But I'm sure y'all know about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you guys have opinions. You have to be living under a rock to have not like heard about the debate. Yeah. It was a lot of yelling. It was a lot it of yelling. It was very annoying to listen to. It was. It was a giant shit show. It was. As described on it TV. It was a circus. And even the circus had to come out and be like, wait, we do more preparation <laughs> than, than, than the debate. Okay. So don't <laughs> compare them to us. It was really bad. It was really bad. I thought we interrupt a lot on yeah. this podcast and on Mile Higher. Like, damn. Damn. Damn, we we sound amazing compared to what happened. Then. Yeah, for real. So that was that's obviously spicy that's going on. But but there's not much more to say about that, to be honest. So no, not really. But we do have a few spicy topics for you guys. Spicy. First up, Carol Baskin. Carol. She's in the news again. She's in the news again. Probably so for the last time for a while. Though. Yeah, probably. Um, She was on Dancing with the Stars again this week. And like we talked about last week, she wasn't doing so hot, mm-hmm. wasn't getting very good ratings, and almost got kicked off last week. Well, she's pretty bad. I mean, she's if you've seen the show, it's like, so bad. I'm yeah. sorry, but they had to really <laughs> simplify the dances really for her. Bad. Like, I've seen some bad dances on That's there, but like, wow, it's like really bad though. Yeah. <laughs> and they clearly kept her on for ratings for a few weeks, but I feel like they couldn't justify it anymore. No. But they got one more week out of her, they and it was one. Disney week, and guys. It was Disney week, which is so funny because last week we were talking about what could the lion song be. It's going to be like a lion thing or a tiger thing, right. or, you know, something Every week to do with cats. And we guessed, well, she hasn't done Disney yet. Maybe she'll do Lion King. So we were kind of, kind of accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had a Disney week and she danced to Circle of Life. Nice. And wore a tiger costume. Or actually, no, it was a lion costume, <laughs> yeah, which actually doesn't really even make sense because she's not a lion lady. <laughs> oh, I can't believe they dressed her up as a fucking lion. <laughs> she looked so bad. It was really bad. We'll release some clips. But if you're listening, it was kind of like she had like a full mane going on. Yeah. And, like and this- I meant like she looks bad as in 
like I don't I don't mean to like make fun of her appearance or anything. Oh, I just think no, it was like it was just so what? degrading yeah, for her no, to be she prancing looks, around as a cat. She's such yeah. a meme that I'm just like, why are you doing this to yourself? Right, of course. Have some respect. She's like, doing it for the tigers. They can just put her in some like leopard print or che- like tiger no, print. Like they had she's to dress always her up in, as a lion. She's always in cheetah print. What? There'd be nothing special about I know. that. <laughs> nothing <laughs> but yeah she was uh dancing around as a tiger or was a lion with her partner and then um do we have a clip we do which we'll play it here and unfortunately didn't do so well. Mm-mm. She got kicked off, people. Yep. She's done. Carol is done. Carol's I'm sure done. she's glad to be done. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. She's probably low-key embarrassed because, yeah. come on, what yeah. the hell? I just feel like the whole thing was kind of degrading. I don't know. Very degrading. But she's doing it for the tigers, Kendall. Yeah, okay? she, did not about her. It's about she did tigers. say it's for the tigers. <laughs> oh, my God. She's spreading awareness in she's her tiger costume, yeah. <laughs> in her lion costume. <laughs> oh, my God. Carol B. Carol B. Carol B. Well, she'll be Living a legend mean. forever. Yes. Spicy. What else we got today? Um, so this one is interesting. Recently, TikTok has come out and banned any sort of promotional content, I guess you could say, as far as like weight loss supplements or like weight loss apps, diet apps, mm-hmm. um, which I'm not on TikTok, so I don't really know anything about that. Like, But I guess it's a very prominent thing on that. Maybe you could speak more about it because you are an avid user. Yeah, I was an avid, <laughs> user. an avid user. I finally got off TikTok because I just felt like I was getting addicted. Oh, you're and off of it. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I told you earlier I today. know. I thought you were just like no, slowing I've been down. Off oh, TikTok damn. Good for, for you. At least a month, I haven't logged into it. Really? Yeah. I have Good for gotten you. off the TikTok. I'm a little too old for it anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just that algorithm is so addicting. And we'll be talking about this the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. This topic actually leads really well into what we're going to be talking about today. It does about the advertising and the dangers of social media. And here's, I mean, the obvious problem with that is most of the users on TikTok are really young and impressionable and already insecure. And we live in a world with filters and everything's fake and tons of plastic surgery. Every celebrity has it. And people are already so down on themselves that especially when you're at such a young and fragile age, um, you could be so easily influenced by these apps. And for me, when I was on it, I, I often got weight loss stuff. And I figured that's probably because I'm a little chubby. <laughs> it's like you could lose some weight. That's but really. So out of curiosity, were you following types of accounts that were like body positivity no. accounts? Or Actually, like- yes. I do follow some body positivity, not like any weight loss things. Right, but right. But just having yeah, to do with bodies. Confident women. Yeah. And there's actually wow. a lot of that on TikTok. And I really liked it for that. Oh, there was sure. a growing community of women, you know, just really lifting others up and empowering others. And I love that type of content. I've always stayed following that type of content. Yeah, It's um, so empowering. But I, I wonder if it targets you because it's like, Oh, you follow all these accounts. Right. Like you maybe you should issues. lose some weight. Yeah. And um, the ones that I would get a lot were the fasting apps. And I just can't help but feel like that's one. Well, know that it is so damaging. And as someone who I've had an eating disorder, um, my sister has also had an eating disorder. I'm really familiar with triggers and how damaging that can be. And when, I mean, those apps are telling you not to eat for like 16 to 20 hours. Some of them, these fasting apps, they're huge periods. And like, I know that it works for some people. And if you're in bodybuilding and whatever, then it's a, it's a technique if you know how to mentally handle it properly and still feed yourself 
the new and get your nutrients and everything. Sure. But like the average person or like a teenager could see that and just be like, okay, so if you just don't eat, you'll just lose weight. And so I just won't eat. Right. And so these are just so, so damaging and they, they make you feel like shit about yourself. They, you know, they just leave your self-confidence completely crushed. And as we're going to be talking about today, suicide rates and self-harm rates for women on the internet, especially young women like Gen Z is through the fucking roof. Skyrocket. Unbelievable numbers. I'm scared for my daughter. Same. My future daughter. I don't have a daughter yet, but. Yeah, surprise. (laughs) My daughter, Sadie. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true though. It is really scary to think about how bad it is now, how Mm -hmm. bad it's going to get in the future. It really, really is. But I'm really glad they, they did that because I've been thinking about how that is a problem. I was getting those ads a couple a day. Wow. All the time, especially for fasting apps. That was the main thing I was getting fasting all the time. Apps. That's the new yeah. thing. So like you can clock in, I'm not eating until, and then it tells you when like, oh, you can start you can eating start again eating. now. Yeah. It's really bad. Some of them I believe is like 24 hour periods where it's like, okay, so two days a week, you just don't eat. And that's a, that's a thing that people do in the fitness world to actually lose weight and everything. But that's just, it's just so damaging to give it to the yeah. the general public. Cause most of the general public right. doesn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I mean, some people who are professionals are maybe on a strict, you know, schedule or something. Maybe yeah. they need to do that for whatever reason, or they're, you know, they're yeah. training and they're, they're a professional or they're working with a professional, mm-hmm. but these average folks who are on right. TikTok are not that. Exactly. And they're just, you know, people scrolling through and are easily persuaded. So the fact that there's, you know, the fact that that even exists is a little sketchy yeah. to me in general, but I mean, whatever, that's beside the point. The point is that it's being pushed to people who are, you know, typically a lot, like you would say you're mm-hmm. in the older user range for TikTok. Yeah. Most yeah, of the definitely. users on there are way younger, way younger and more impressionable. Mm-hmm. And like, luckily you have the knowledge and like strength mm-hmm. to be able to realize like, okay, that's not healthy. And you have had right. that experience in the past mm-hmm. where, you know, like, your own triggers and when it's right. time to get off. But a lot of people don't No, that's, that's absolutely right. And I felt like TikTok was becoming kind of negative because I was getting, and God, if they really are looking at who you're following and seeing body positive stuff and then recommending weight loss, how fucked up. Mm-hmm. What if you're young and you're trying to follow some positive females mm-hmm. role models. And then because of that, you're targeted for these horrible ads, right? What if you're, you know, uh, currently working through an eating disorder? Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're on there trying to find something inspirational or find, you know, ways to feel better about yourself or to find a community. And then there's, yeah, that's being pushed to you. You're mm-hmm. very vulnerable. I could definitely say how kids would be like, oh, well, you know what? Maybe I should download this. It's, yeah. You know, let's try it out. Yeah, let's try it out. Yeah. Or they just start, you know, that it plants the idea right. to not eat. Right. Plants the idea. Yeah. It's extremely damaging. So that's at least some good news that they're doing that. I think there should be way more regulation yeah. on advertising. I mean, and we're going to get into that here in yeah. a bit, but it's just out of control. It's definitely a scary world we're living in. And yeah, I mean, I just, I feel really bad for young women growing up with the standards of beauty that we have today. Yeah. It's really, really hard. And the internet's the worst part or worst place for it. Absolutely. You know, like you can have a really confident day or whatever a week and then you get on there, you see one thing and it just burns you to the ground. Mm -hmm. So it's hard. I mean, it still affects me to this day, like negative comments or whatever it is or something triggering like that. 
you know, sure. It can still have an effect on you, even though I'm strong enough to not slip back into an eating right. disorder. It's still triggering. It's still, yeah. <clears throat> it's not great to bad see. Bad effects on me. Yeah. And it's like how much of social media is having that bad effect on us. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's everywhere. The ads are everywhere. Right. You know, exactly. So anyway, that's it for spicy topics this week. Hopefully there'll be some more spicier things happening next week. Yes, definitely. <laughs> All right. So the social dilemma. Very good documentary, Mm -hmm. very eye-opening. I thought they did a fantastic job. So if you haven't seen it, it basically featured a bunch of people who used to work in the early days of places like Facebook and Google and Instagram, Pinterest. Some of them still work there today, I believe. I think most of them have moved on. Mm -hmm. Um, And they talk about their concerns and kind of the back end of how everything works in the world of social media. And it was a really interesting documentary. I really liked it. It was, um, they had this like kind of movie going during the whole thing. I feel like they were trying to play it out into kind of like a skit so that we could really see. Yeah. Like, you know, related to our personal lives. They had like the typical dinner table scene where the kids can't get off their phone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they had like these three characters that were pretending to kind of be like the AI behind the phone. And they were the ones that were controlling what you know the consumer is seeing and how it's affecting their mental health they literally had like a little command post exactly the three they i think that they were each in charge of something different like one was engagement one was advertising right one was growth or something yeah it's growth maybe that was it yeah and um they all it just basically showed you if there was little people inside your phone feeding you all the stuff that you see what, what would it look like it's kind of just gives you a visual representation of this concept, which is kind of hard to understand how yes. an algorithm works. Yeah. Just to me, I'm like, it's a math equation. It's a little thing inside the computer. But like <laughs> right. what when you actually understand what it is and what it does, mm-hmm. the way that they put it and the way that they showed it through this little movie, these little movie clips, it really helped you to see just how controlled we are. Yes. And relate to the character. I mean, anyone who has social media can relate to what the character is like going through mm-hmm. or being pulled back to your devices or having a notification and being pulled in where you're yeah. trying not to be on your phone. And right. So, I mean, I thought they did a really good job of showing that because it is complicated to see. It is. I mean, you can't see it. Right. So. And at some point you can only talk like, you know, social media is bad. It's so far. You have to really kind of visually yeah. put it into perspective. And I think that that's what this documentary did, did really well, really, really well. Because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared too. Like it really shook me. And yeah. especially being part of this world. I'm like, oh my gosh. I feel like I'm sometimes on this hamster wheel of social media and like trying to grow. And I've definitely slowed down a little bit. A lot actually from where I used to be. And I'll talk more about that later. But yeah, it's just, I feel kind of like, oh, this is my job. This right. whole world is my job. Advertising and numbers and analytics and algorithms Mm-hmm. Like it's exhausting to me and I just wonder how much it, it does take an effect on me. Mm-hmm. You know, are we supposed to have this type of, especially people who have a following? Like, I think this really stood out to you or would stand out to you if you have a following watching yeah. this documentary is like really eye opening. They talked about how just unnormal it is to have so many followers online and seeking approval online, which you know, even if you don't have a following, you can understand what that's like trying to seek approval and right. get enough likes. A lot of people are, you know, obsessing over numbers like that. They talked about how like humans were not built to have this many opinions yes. of other people thrown at us constantly. Yeah. 
It's just, we're not. <laughs> it's just not how, you know, we've been for thousands and thousands of years. We have Mm-mm. never had the ability to get someone's opinion that we don't even know from across the world right. and hear what they have to say. Right. And so all of a sudden within, it seems like the past 10 years, it's gone from really, you know, the opinions of the people around you with people who are in your real life to now all of a sudden yeah. unlimited amounts of people watching you, especially those who have followings, like you said, unlimited amounts of opinions, unlimited amounts of, um, you know, advice that you're not wanting unwarranted advice. And so Mm -hmm. it's something that we're not used to and we're not built to. And, And it's happened so quickly that we as humans in our minds have not been able to grow with that as quickly as, you know, computers have. Yeah. And there's no one else in history who's like, can know what that's like to have these Mm -hmm. followers at your fingertips, you Mm -hmm. know? just didn't exist ever before. Right. And it isn't normal. And they talked about in the documentary how traditionally we're evolved to live in tribes, like smaller groups. And obviously it is in our human instinct to want to be liked. Mm -hmm. That's literally programmed into our DNA because it's how you survive. You want to like not be killed by your tribe, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Want to be, you know, someone they want to keep around. Of course. Um, But when that's magnified to thousands and for me, I just hit 2 million subscribers, I I think today, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to get close to it. Any second now. Yeah. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, as exciting and fun as that is now, especially after watching the social dilemma. Yeah, I'm like, like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of people. It it's is so much stress. And I've I've struggled with it in so many ways. I could sit here and go on and on about how it's affected me. I don't feel like I'm someone who like thrives off of fame at all. Um, I know a lot of influencers really like it and love like the just like certain celebrities live for the paparazzi yeah. and um, I always think about the Kardashians, like yeah. Courtney always talks about how she's like not meant for that life, not meant right. for fame, but Kim, like, Kim eats is. it up. She's like meant to be that. I'm like the Courtney. I really <laughs> like struggle. I get like really awkward meeting people and I always feel unworthy of this. And like, a, it's just such a strange thing to have so many people like looking up to you or having opinions on you or disagreeing with you or whatever it is like it's just overwhelming it's just a lot whether it's negative or positive it's tons of it yes and I always feel overwhelmed to log into my stuff and I'm just and it's something my therapist I've talked to him about so many times that I can tell he doesn't know how to help me because he's like (laughs) I mean maybe you should just quit (laughs) right but I know he would never say that to me but it's kind of like that's the only way to get it to stop is to just delete it all yeah I'm not gonna do that if you think about it as simple as like how do I get this to stop yeah, you'd have to delete it. But and I would love I love it. So I'd right. be heartbroken. It's your job. It, and I mean yeah. at the end of the day, like it is your job. It is paying for your bills. So mm-hmm. without it, you would obviously have yeah. to find a different way to pay bills. And so yeah. it's like I and feel I have to find a new passion in life. That would be the biggest thing for me because I have so much passion behind this that mm-hmm. I would feel like I'm missing a huge part of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. I could see that for sure. But at the same time, it's hard to have this kind of it's almost like you're addicted to your job you know, cause social media yeah. is your job. Mm-hmm. And then, so it becomes in something in your personal life. You have like, you know, the, you use social media for your personal life and mm-hmm. you're in a way that everyone does, but then you have this other side to where it's literally like your lifeline for making money. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just be like, nah, I'm yeah. going to delete it for six months. Right. <laughs> right. And I guess you could technically, you could. but, and I definitely have like reeled it back at times where I felt like it's just gotten to an unhealthy level. And I guess we can just get into the idea of social media addiction Mm -hmm. and how much we all struggle with that. First of all, I want to ask both of you guys what apps you feel like you're addicted to. 
Like, how do you use your phone? Where's your screen time spent? Because everyone's is so different. It is. Yeah, it's totally different. Mine, if you were to look at my screen time, it would say that my two top apps are YouTube and Twitter. I am full-fledged addicted to the YouTube app. It is bad. <laughs> like, I'm on that bitch all day. <laughs> Me too. It's really bad. And, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like you don't really think about YouTube as necessarily like a social media, especially if you're not a creator and you're just, mm. you know, on I your don't. subscription page. Right. But it totally is. It is. Right? Like, it's people's lives and opinions mm-hmm. being thrown at you just like how every other social media is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one that... Especially if you post on it. Right. Then it definitely is social media. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's mine and Twitter. I just love Twitter because mm-hmm. I feel like that's where all the people from... The depths of the internet. The depths, I was going to say like the trash of the internet, but I yeah. am also said trash of internet. Same. I like it. That's why I like Twitter. Cause yeah. it's just like anything fucking goes. Anything fucking goes. And it's just wild. Like sometimes just reading other people's fights. <laughs> like, it's just so interesting. Yep. Um, but yeah, I would say the exact same. I personally don't have any personal social media. All of my social media that I have is related to my channel. So I don't have like, an app that's just my private thing with sure. my friends. Like I'm not on Facebook. Um, I haven't been on Facebook for years and that was the best decision I have ever made. Like I am so glad. Getting off Facebook. Yes. Uh, I feel like that affects me more. Personal opinions of people I actually know yeah. versus just the randos. I'd rather hang out with randos and look at rando stuff than like <laughs> see all these people that are like, I mean, no have offense, like a personal connection. Isn't there some people that you have on your Facebook that you just, you're just friends with because you're friends with them, but they're kind of annoying. And like, of course I had too many people like that. That I was getting on there and I was getting mad and I was getting like sure. bad vibes. So I was like, I am off of this app. I'm just done. And I just one day logged off and never got back on. And I'm so glad. Um, I used to be addicted to Instagram, like addicted to Instagram for sure. Um, I was on that all the time, obsessing over likes, obsessing over, you know, just little things, how my feed looked and pictures going back and looking at other old pictures and this and that. And it's like such a grind. And eventually I burnt out at that and pretty much got off Instagram. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you know, I barely ever post on there. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to crank it up a little more because it is my job. And sometimes I do like using it. Like social media is one of those things that's like a double-edged sword. I've gotten so many good things out of it. I've met endless wonderful humans and I love connecting with my subscribers. It like brings me so much joy there's just also this overwhelming factor that comes with it. Sorry if you just heard Josh yawn. He just yawned into his mic back there. My bad. Well, I was going to say. I'm not boring. <laughs> well, you do have a Facebook page, just so you know. Oh, yeah, that's true. You have true. one for your channel, but you don't have You're right. a personal one. Right. Anymore, I don't have personal so, Facebook. Yeah. But I have. Yeah. It's not managed by me, though. I don't log on to it. I don't even look at it. It's run by another company. And I wouldn't have started it unless someone else wanted to run it. Cause it's just too much. Totally. It's too much. And I feel like that's the biggest thing. If, especially if you're in this as a living, you have to learn how to have limits. And it took me forever to figure that out. Like for a while there, I was obsessing over my subscriber number to the point where I was checking it like five, six times a day, like in the early days, like mm-hmm. count like, Oh, 10 more, five more, Interesting. Like, yeah. obsessing over likes and this. And it was like such a high Cause it's instant gratification. Absolutely. Like someone being like, you're beautiful. You, yep. you're awesome. I love your videos. I, here's a like, here's, you know, and you just kind of feed off of that and it becomes addicting. Like you just go back for more every time you feel sad or you need a dopamine rush 
get on the social Absolutely. media. It's just like gives you that satisfaction. Yeah. You were saying earlier that it's proven that that tapping, like yeah. using your phone the is similar. The scrolling motion in your thumb is giving you the same like serotonin dopamine response in your brain that gambling does. The act of pulling that, you know, the trigger. I don't yeah. even know what the fuck. The, and the, the, the pulley. I the don't pulley know. thingy on the, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about, on the casino machines, the slot machines. It's the same uh, reaction yeah. that your body is getting is that addicting that instant satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And it's scary to think about how, you know, it's almost like it's, it's so available to us though. It's right in the palm of our hands that it's Always. so mindless. Yep. We go on it. We don't even think about it. I know. Sometimes yeah. I'll be on an app then I'll get off of it and I'll go right back on it. Cause I literally just forgot I was on it. And I'm like, wait, I was just reading this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so many mindless. times on Twitter, like I'm reading the same tweets same and I'm crap. like, wow, nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. And for a while there, like I said, I was addicted to TikTok, like really bad. And I had to force myself off of it. And I'm so glad I've just kind of gotten off that app as much as I really do like TikTok. <laughs> I'll probably still get on like once in a while, but geez, I was telling Janelle earlier, like I was like, couldn't even like, I like would in the bathroom be on TikTok. <laughs> in the shower like it was like ridiculous at one point (laughs) so you know you got to reel it back in and I guess I like TikTok a lot because it was a social media app that wasn't connected to my following and everything and I don't make TikToks I make like little ones about my pets but nothing like true crime and it was just like I'm just a a real user Mm -hmm. right and that's why I kind of liked it um but yeah I've gotten off of that so I really use Twitter occasionally Instagram and then YouTube I'm addicted Mm -hmm. to YouTube I'm on that all day talked about it before it's like i don't want to hear i don't like silence i want to hear something at all times (laughs) i don't care if it's the most boring vlog from the most boring vlogger on my thing i'm like i'll listen to your boring vlog (laughs) Uh, because (laughs) i have nothing else to listen to and i just want to hear something um so all of that stuff is super super addicting josh what is your social media look like for you uh mine is facebook that's so weird. Oh, I had no idea. Really? You were on You're Facebook. a Facebooker. I was trying to think about why that is. Like, why am I on Facebook so much? And I think it's because I was on Facebook literally like once Facebook started. As soon as it came too. about, I created an account on there and I'm just so used to it. And I, I think for me, one of the things that bothers me about Instagram and Twitter is that you can you have random usernames and everybody goes by different things. I don't like not being able to see who's interacting Mm. with me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like to see these, like it it creates some anxiety in my head. Like who is this person? Cause then you start wondering like, is it uh, a child? Is it a teenager? Is Mm. it an old person? Like, and and not just age, but just who, who is this person that is saying this to me? And I can't stand that because I like to, you know, especially if somebody gives me criticism or gives me some, says something negative to me, I like to go see who's actually doing that and see if there's any validity behind what they're saying. You know, like if you're criticizing, <laughs> or is it just someone with a cat profile picture right. whose name is like <laughs> exactly. Poopy Dog. Diaper Five, Poopy, by, Poopy Diaper right. Five, <laughs> or Clorox? <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah, exactly. So Facebook for me has always been kind of like this comforting place in a way because it's. I I can see everything that's happening on it and you can't really like fake who you are very easily on it. I mean, that's how I found Kendall was Facebook. I was very much like cruising Facebook to try to find uh, a potential wife uh, (laughs) back in the day. But we met in person before Facebook. We did. Yeah. But we we connected through Facebook. Yep. So what's interesting too is like in the documentary, they're saying that Facebook is by far the most powerful social media platform and its algorithms. I mean, it's user base, mm-hmm. I believe is still the largest out of all of the platforms yeah. and it's, 
it's extremely addicting. It Facebook is. out of everything, I think is probably the most addicting uh, because their algorithms are so strong and they're so, you know, they, they constantly give you, serve you up content. That's exactly what you're looking mm-hmm. for. It's, so Facebook's it's, changed a lot that it sounds like it's more about content, like random entertainment and videos and stuff coming up on your feed. Yeah. I mean, it's completely changed from where it started. It's, it's basically trying to be all of the other platforms in one. Oh. You can literally do everything on Facebook that you can do on Instagram, that you can pretty much do on Twitter, that you can do on YouTube. I mean, there's a creator platform there now. I mean, Facebook is the behemoth of all the social media. Like it's trying yeah. to conquer them all and be the the one and only, you know, sort of almighty social media platform. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg. I know. Kind of a weird guy. Like, you know, what's he up to? Yeah, what so. the hell is he up to? Yeah, it's it's funny that you say that too, because I've seen the power of Facebook with this Facebook page that has been created yeah. for me. It's run by this company. Yes. And it, how many followers do I have? I've never looked at it, but Josh said you got a million followers in a matter of like two months. That's, that's absolutely insane. insane. It took me years. It took me like five years, six years to do that on YouTube. Now, granted it's because you already have a very established following that you grow, that you grew that so fast. But I mean, the point is the fact that a company is able to figure out the right way to promote your shit just perfectly to where it can Mm -hmm. grow you. Yep. That and there's quickly? just that many users on there <laughs> looking for content. And well, it's also yeah. like I never made Facebook before because I thought it was well, a dying social media. Yeah. Well, the not. way that they're doing it is advertising there. Mm-hmm. You can do paid promotion through videos and things like that. And a lot of creators do that on Facebook because oh. they've created the specific way to serve the content. They have such a big user base that what they do is you know, if you start a Facebook profile for any business or any creator starts one, you can go to Facebook and say, Hey, Facebook, I want to target this specific demographic. They got to like true crime. They got to like, they got to be 18 to, you know, 50 years old. And these are other creators that they watch serve me users that like this type of content. And that's exactly what they've done is they've served your, your content to other to all these users that like all of these things and actually, like true crime. yeah. Yeah. And most of your followers on Facebook are totally new to you. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's not even like just YouTube people no, coming over wow. to Facebook. It's all new users who've never heard of mm. you before mm-hmm. that have found you. Wow. And it's all because of almighty Facebook. <laughs> yeah. That's and the amazing. way their algorithm works and paid stuff. Which yes. yeah, which my I mean, YouTube doesn't allow that. Can you imagine if creators were like spot like? Oh my, oh my gosh, I can just see it now. Like I'm they're like buying putting a spot it on top five trending for their apology for video. Their apo- <laughs> like, I paid get ten grand for my apology video to trend number one. <laughs> I want to know what your guys' thoughts are about this idea. That I think there's this misconception among people who use social media or just you know hear about social media that the biggest problem is your data privacy and it being sold mm-hmm. and things like that. When in actuality in this documentary, they're like the biggest problem here is the addiction aspect of it. And we've already kind mm-hmm. of talked about it a little bit, but addiction, especially for, you know, young and impressionable kids and the fact that AI, the behind the scenes algorithms and machine learning that's happening is literally serving up the content for, mm-hmm. you know, all of these kids and and all of us and how we're becoming addicted to it because they know how to manipulate our psyche and our consciousness and you know 
get us hooked. They do. Yeah. And that's how they explained it in the documentary that the main point for these companies is how long can we keep you off or on your devices right. and out of your real life? Right. You know, how can we keep you hooked? And that they explained it. One thing that I never really understood because it's hard to understand an algorithm you know, that's right. just such what a is an concept. algorithm, right? Right. I mean, this algorithm can understand you to such a high level. They explained it that they're every company. There's so many companies out there making these models of you. Like, think of it like voodoo doll versions of us, like in a digital computer being stored. Like, there's Kendall the voodoo doll in a computer. And what do they know about Kendall? They know that I like true crime. They know I like animals. They know I like plants. I like weed. I like um, I. Candles, One, candles, Blankets. yeah, right. That Buzzy stuff gets things. served up to me. Astrology. I like YouTube. I like this. That stuff just comes to me, especially with TikTok. That mm. algorithm is fucking scary. I I swear it knew me before I even got onto the app. It was already it serving me did. up the right content. Yeah, and even like I was telling you guys earlier, <laughs> this is crazy to me, but. I've had a few therapy sessions where I've talked about things and then those things, those concepts have come up on TikTok afterwards, including things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, uh, family content conflict, like specific stuff has now, come up on my feed. So now I turn my phone in airplane mode every time I'm with my therapist, which scares the shit out of me that that's how much it's listening to you because mm. they're creating these models that are supposed to be able to try to predict your actions so that they can keep you on and know what to serve you next to make you want to stay on the app based on what you like. It makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And they are competing about whose model of you works the best and predicts the best. Right. Who knows you best? And Who then, is the best voodoo of right, Kendall? Right. And then they serve you up an ad and that whole you thing just become a product. You are the product. And that's what they said in the documentary is if you, if something is free, you are the product. Mm -hmm. So we have all these apps that we think are free. Nothing is Facebook, free. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, you know, all that stuff. None of it's free. It's absolutely Twitch. not free. We are the product. Yep. Everyone is, I mean, we're basically like the guinea pigs. It honestly kind of seems like animal testing in a way yeah. to a much slower and more sneaky degree because, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're, we're consuming this media and they're slowly kind of pushing out different things to us to see what we react to best. Yeah. Oh, we didn't like that one. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do that again. She's not into that content. Yeah. Maybe throw in some of this, pull on her heartstrings a little. Yeah. Oh, that worked. Oh, SpongeBob. Yeah. No, <laughs> she SpongeBob loves that. For Anything SpongeBob. Anything SpongeBob. Keep throwing that shit at that immature <laughs> bitch. Okay. Oh, Kendall likes candles. Okay. Throw some candles at her. So it's kind of like yeah. we're guinea pigs in a way being tested constantly mm -hmm. and to what price are yeah. we paying because obviously paying? you know this isn't we're not it's not like we're not being affected by it no. i think we are we just aren't exactly sure in how what in what way because yeah. it's it's so slow of a change right and you may think oh it's just social media it's just right. part of our lives how much does it really and affect i can us? get off whenever i want yeah. watch me i don't yeah. i don't need this whatever but when you really think about the cost how much time you're spending off of it the amount of time i waste on social media really does blow my mind and I've gotten a lot better, like I said. Like, I have really put some good restraints on myself. Mm -hmm. Not the best that I could be. <laughs> I still would consider myself addicted to social media 100%. Sure. But I've learned how to, like, have a little better boundaries. And my screen time has gone down, mm -hmm. thankfully. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm not looking at other screens. <laughs> That's <laughs> In very the time, true. That's still screen true. time. Yeah. Uh, but the social media screen time has gone down a little bit. Um, 
And we don't think about how much time we're actually on our devices. No. And if you ask people, like, how much do you think you spend on your phone? It's normally an hour or two, maybe max. And it's so much more than that it's sometimes. Because so think about it. Like, how many times are you, I don't know, sitting at a gas station waiting for your yeah. car to fill up? Let me just yeah. scroll through Twitter for a quick minute and a half. Yeah. How many times are you sitting waiting for your Chipotle to be made? <laughs> Yep. Let me just scroll through this really quick. Yep. Or, or how many hours in your bed or hours in your bed. But then it's like, okay, you know, I feel like it's all these little times here and there because again, it's so accessible. Now you mm-hmm. can literally get it on your fucking watch people. Yeah. Okay. I can get yeah. things on my watch. That yep. is scary. Yeah. It's so bad. It's really, it's constant. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. How can they rope you in? I mean, they were in the documentary. People were talking about how they're addicted to their email accounts, Mm -hmm. even how they're designed to be addictive. The email apps. These people who are making the apps, one of the speakers on the documentary was designing. He's part of like designing Google um, just in general, like Mm -hmm. Gmail and Mm -hmm. just the, you know, designing aspect of these sites. And he was saying that even at one point he had to like realize wait a second, we're literally designing things to be addictive and to keep people in as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But that means we should also be responsible for laying down the law when it becomes too much, when it becomes Mm -hmm. too dangerous, because Mm -hmm. we're the ones that are creating, you know, said issue. So we should probably be able to put some boundaries on it. And that's the thing they're not doing. And how is that any different from an opiate addiction, you know, or anything else? We're like a country that has a mass addiction, but we don't see it that way Mm because we're like, well, it's not killing us. But Yet. is it? But it is. <laughs> it is, though. It absolutely is. It fact. is. Let's get into some of these statistics yeah, for sure. This is crazy, you guys. Okay. So this was from the um, documentary that we had watched. So back in 2011, between like 2011 and 2013, they said that is when the really like huge spike in mental illness mm-hmm. came through, mostly because of social media. So right when I got out of high school, I'm so glad. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's that's so bad for everyone in high school oh, yeah. doing all this shit. Well, that's the thing is like the millennials were kind of, we were the guinea pigs. And when it was just starting to come up, we were a little bit older, mm-hmm. but the generation below us is mm-hmm. getting on Instagram at age 11. Yeah. And we were talking about, even though we did have computers, we were kind of the guinea pigs of the internet of the a little internet, bit. Yeah. Like we were on in middle school, we were on MySpace, both sure. of us and stuff so like different. that. So different. You spent so much time like, but honestly, it was the start of things. Like yeah. how, it was toxic. That top eight shit. Yeah. I was so worried That's about top point. eights, and I was like, "Who am I? Who am I going to put as my top eight? And mm-hmm. like, yep. It's always been toxic. Yeah, this online stuff. You know, but it but wasn't as bad. It everyone's. Was way worse. It's now like becoming where everyone's opinions are in mm-hmm. on you. Everyone's the commenting and the liking and the you know the heart and this and that and so and so many apps. So many and so many pictures. Selfies have really become a thing. Yeah. Like back when I was younger, it would be like I'd take some goofy pictures of my friends or right. like upload a family photo shoot album or right, something. Right, but it right, wasn't right. like okay, here's my Spend selfie of the forty five minutes editing a selfie that yeah. needs to be perfect. Uh, yeah, so listen really to these statistics, people. Um, so between, you know, 2011 era to now, I would say teenage girls. So 15 to 19 years old, there is a 62% spike in mental illness between then and now, and a 70% spike in those taking their lives, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely insane, but not as insane as the preteens who are 10 to 14 years old their mental health spike has gone up 189%. Oh and this God. is like 
reporting. I, I'm not sure if it was, I, I believe it was hospitalizations for non life threatening mm-hmm. uh, illnesses, self-harm. self-harm, correct. But then there is the, uh, you know, self-harm, those taking their lives. And for preteens that has gone up 151% for preteens, 10 to 14 year olds, 151%. It's terrifying. And it makes total sense mm-hmm. in the documentary. They talked a lot about filters and how damaging that has been. And they showed this little girl who was, you know, compare, like looking at her filtered photo and be like, yay, like I'm so pretty. And people are telling her she's pretty. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she gets off and looks at the mirror and she's like, well, I don't even look like yeah. that. And how damaging that is. I mean, people can get really stuck in that, that endless cycle of Photoshopping them, yeah. trying to be someone that they're not on Instagram and then right. facing reality in real life that they're not, that they're not, they're portraying themselves to be. Yeah. And they're the ones, you know, it's normally you that's obsessing about it the most and looking Absolutely. at every little detail and, you know, closing up on all mm-hmm. these things. Like sometimes I like don't even want to post a picture of myself these days because it feels like you have to be so perfect. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll have like, my mascara will look weird or like my eyeliner wasn't good or I've, I see my wrinkles or yeah. I have a zit or, whatever. And I used to just post pictures so easily. Like I've changed the way I use social media so much. When I was on Instagram at first, I didn't even use editing apps. It just took a picture in Instagram, just took it. And it was a square and put a little filter on it. But now it's like, you know, you have normally people have some type of like multiple editing apps that they're going through and a whole theme for their Instagram. And it's like, I just can't imagine having this pressure. It's one thing to have this as your job as an adult and deal with it. Like maybe you're in a better mental place when you're older, but Mm -hmm. like, I just can't imagine that as a kid. Well, Um, let's like, I'll think back to a second when we, if you're around our age, like in your twenties or older, think back to when you were in middle school and how fragile you were as, you know, just a a person trying to figure out who they are going through puberty, your Mm -hmm. body's changing. Things are fucking weird. The opposite sex is weird to you. And you know, it's just, it's this whole awkward time of trying to figure out who you are and trying to accept yourself and trying to be accepted. Yep. Oh my gosh. So that was hard for us, right? Like that was already hard. Now throw in the ability to literally change the entire way you look Mm -hmm. and post it. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. At age 11, 12, you know, and I think that that a lot of these things have been created for fun. Mm -hmm. You know, the original, maybe idea behind it was oh, yeah. for fun to be That's able to change your eye color or make your hair look yeah. a different color, whatever. And you know, but it goes too far. Well, the real idea was the point of it was for money. Oh, well, of course. I just know people are going to use it and right. they were going to make money off of it. Those apps and all the filters and everything. And yeah, it's, it's really, really bad. And when I was in uh, middle school and you know, I just posted regular pictures of myself to, to my space because I don't even remember if there's like photo editing I didn't edit any of my photos yeah, in I don't middle think school. So. Certainly not like Facetune type of no, shit. Like no, like if anything, I made them black and white or right, something. Right, 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 right. Um, but I remember I was at a really fragile place, you know, middle middle school, seventh grade, and I was really like, my body was changing and everything, and it was a weird time. And I had these two girls that I was really good friends with, and they got on my MySpace because we got in a fight, and they put all these like gifs or is it gif or is it gif? GIF. I, I never know. remember. Whatever. <laughs> They put those little moving pictures. <laughs> I sound so old. <laughs> moving pictures. <laughs> but, or I don't even know. They might've just been memes, but they were horrible. They were like the, of the grudge or like <sighs> one of them, like they used to call me Barbie in my friend group. It was some stupid thing. I didn't, I didn't even have blonde hair. I don't know what we were thinking, but <laughs> they like put like Barbie is a slut. It's still in my mind. I can see right. these images and I was devastated and it messed me up for months, like really messed me up. Like they posted all this stuff about, 
my nose and all these different God. weird things. And, and how old were you? Seventh grade. And that and it was from a friend. And too. you still remember that. Obviously. Oh yeah. You're talking about it now. So now it's yeah. kind of makes me wonder like, okay, so when you see things online talking negatively about you now, obviously you're able to handle it much better than mm-hmm. you were, but it makes me wonder like, was that one of the catalysts? Like, is there a part subconsciously where you're still going back to that moment? In it's old grade? trauma. It is. That is exactly what's happening. And any type of new comment I get, it's a trigger for that. Your body still reacts to trauma in the same way that, mm-hmm. you know, it always like has. a defense mechanism. Yeah. So I, I mean, and I feel like really lucky that I just was like old enough to not really be in the depths of it. Cause I just can't imagine how it is now. And like we were talking about earlier, we're both terrified to have kids like Mm -hmm. it makes me so nervous to have a daughter I don't want my daughter to go like I want to try everything I can in my power to make my daughter feel the opposite like feel secure in herself and confident and um, love herself and teach her to love her body and that's really hard to do (laughs) I feel like that's gonna be a big challenge but that's what I'd that's what my goal is going to be. Right. And that's going to be hard, especially with social media to protect them from that. It's hard to do that. Like, like you said earlier today, like, do I want to be the mom that's just like, no, you can't be on anything. I'm just going to shut you off and no TV and no cell phones. And we're just going to hide here. And you know, the world's not going to affect us. Exactly. You can't like hide from the world, but like, what do you do? Right. Exactly. How do you protect? And I think, yeah, I mean, this is only going to become more and more of an issue. How do you protect younger generations from this you know but at the same time they have to be exposed to it to some extent because if you shelter them for 18 years they get out into the real world and get an instagram or whatever i mean it is all around you it's very hard to not to be completely excluded from any type of social media and And just keeping your kids away from stuff is such a it's just not a great idea because yeah like you said when they get in the real world then they're just unprepared for it and clueless and it's honestly like you know, it's it's part of an experience, I feel, that as someone growing up, that it, it, it can be really fun. And it's I could see how it would be really hard to, like, miss out on that aspect, mm-hmm. but still be able to, like, feel included in, in the know. Because well, so much of what's going on. Right. Exactly. I can't be like, no, child, you can't have Instagram while I actually <laughs> am making my living on it. Not that I'm yeah. saying that I am. But as an example, you yeah, know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's just, it's so, it's so weird. How do you draw this line and how do we even prepare for what it's going to get like? Because it's just growing so exponentially fast. Mm -hmm. We cannot keep up with it. Mm -hmm. And what stuff is even being shown to our kids? Like our kids could easily come across scary things Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, those damaging ads, things that are really going to mess them up or Mm -hmm. graphic content, scary content. Like sometimes people comment on my YouTube videos and I'm like, what the fuck? You're so young. Be like, oh, I'm t- I'm nine. I yeah. love your videos, and I'm sorry if you're nine out there. Like, but honestly, like, I don't know. If I don't you know. Be if you watching my stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you should be listening to this at age like, nine. I definitely don't gear it towards that age for a reason. Um, but there yeah. was, you know, the, the documentary also brought up a really interesting point about how back in the day when there was Saturday yeah. morning cartoons, right. you know, it was filtered of what you could and couldn't um, advertise to that you know, during that time, because they knew that it was mostly young children who were impressionable, um, you know, watching. And so therefore they put limits and laws into place saying you can't, you know, exploit these kids basically for money. Yeah. And you can't run like something. You, yeah. You, yeah. During you, Barney. Right. right. Exactly. And that's not really a thing in no, social media. Not it's at all. Kind it's kind of like, I mean, YouTube tries to have YouTube kids, but I've heard that that's very problematic and that there's, they still get ads. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've heard of I've actually have heard of political ads playing for kids, which is just like, why? 
like it should be just really bizarre kids content. Well, it's like the fact that you're even like your kids using this app for free, but your kid is now a product. Your kid is being advertised to so young. So you don't even know what it is. Right. I'm terrified to have kids, man. This may almost make me just like not want to have kids. What the hell, dude? It's scary. That's freaky. Like, and then nowadays they're all running around with iPads and stuff. And like, what age do you get a cell phone now? I don't know. I don't even know. How do you protect your kids from something that is so much more powerful than us? I don't know. In the documentary, they were saying maybe kids shouldn't have social media till they're 16, but I just can't imagine, especially 16 or 10, whatever years from now that I have a 16 year old, but you're still impressionable at 16, right? Like you're impressionable at any age. Yeah. And it still affects you badly no matter how old you are. Right. Absolutely. I think it's about teaching people to back off of it a little bit or like, you know, I think we try to use our phones as like our downtime, mm-hmm. like our time to rest or our time to recharge or like relax. Like a lot of people that go to their phones to relax, like almost like you would go grab a cigarette or a drink to relax. Totally. You like grab it. Cause it's like, ah, oh, back on my, Dude, my phone in my little phone world. That is crazy. You said like almost like a drink or a cigarette because at least to me when I'm like feeling really anxious or I like let's say if I want to get my mind off of whatever is going on, the for yeah. all I have to do is get on the YouTube app and immediately I can like go off in my little YouTube Me world. Too. And it literally is Me almost too. like an instant fix. It is. And it gives you that same it, like breath of fresh air that I would assume mm-hmm. that like a cigarette or, you know, some, any other, any fix in life would give you. Right. It's that immediate like satisfaction, that immediate like oh, feeling. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that we're getting that from our social media mm-hmm. is, is really concerning. It's not good. And it's a really bad way to recharge yourself if you are trying to relax and recharge to get on your social media because what does social media do? It drains us. It drains a lot of us. people get off and they say, that, I feel drained. I mm-hmm. feel like overwhelmed. I feel exhausted. And it's because it's sitting there sucking your life away from you <laughs> and draining you until, you know, and then you're just going back into your life tired and you haven't recharged in a meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to really like monitor the way that I recharge and try to do it in a way that's like not, actually making my batteries go down even more yeah um because it does like social media totally does drain you and it's so overwhelming like especially like i said as an influencer because like right now i'm getting if i get on my app i have you know hundreds of notifications i have 30 something unread messages on instagram and these are from people i've accepted Mm -hmm. my dms my unread messages are thousands Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it's so draining. Like Josh logged into his DMs th- like this morning and was just like, oh my God, I'm tired. I like read three messages and I'm tired because <laughs> some of, sometimes it's just, it's just a lot. Like it's just overwhelming. They're not necessarily bad or good or they're just a lot of them. And right. I constantly feel guilty because I'm not responding to people and I'm trying to be off of it more, but I can't, I just can't do it. Mm-mm. I always have like 50 fucking conversations at least going <laughs> time. No. I can't respond to everybody. You physically cannot do it. No. Like humans are not programmed to do this. And that's no. what's so crazy is like social media and you know, AI is growing so fast and our little brains cannot grow fast enough and mm-hmm. are not able to adapt quickly enough in yeah. order to get to where we need to be to handle this. And so you know, what is this going to lead down? And, you know, this also kind of brings in the conversation of when you're on social media, you only see really what you want to see and what you agree with. That is something that is really interesting that the documentary brought up and something I could really relate to. I mean, I think everyone would agree if you live in America, at least that politics have gotten so insanely toxic and, and scary and yeah, horrible 
we've gone from just disagreeing with people and being like, well, we just have different opinions to like draw, drawing the line in the sand. Mm-hmm. If you don't agree with me, then fuck mm-hmm. you. And I hate you. And mm-hmm. like, we just have so much negativity around people disagreeing with us. We do not know how to listen to other opinions without automatically yeah. writing them off. Like we can't yeah. listen to other, other opinions at and this point. What has made us like this social media? I think social media has had a huge part of it. And they explained that, you know, you may get on your, when I get onto Twitter, I see a lot of uh, more democratic liberal posts mm-hmm. because that's, I tend to lean that way. Mm-hmm. I consider myself an independent, but you know, that's my beliefs. My morals normally line up with that. Mm-hmm. And so I think, oh, everyone feels the same as me. Everyone right. agrees with me here right. on my timeline. But that's not the truth. Someone else will get on theirs and it's going to be all Republican content and all conservative content and everyone agrees with them. Right. Because that's what they're going to see. And they do this based on your, you know, the model of you that they've built mm-hmm. and also the area that you're in. Mm-hmm. They're like, what do people vote in this area? All right. Feed them mostly that. Totally. And so you end up thinking everyone agrees with you. And we live in this world now where that's all we want is to hear people that agree with us. We want validation for our opinions that we already have, which is making us fucking stupid. Because the only way that you can grow as a human is by learning and learning often involves, Mm -hmm. you know, finding things that you maybe didn't agree with or didn't understand before seeing things in a new light. That's how you evolve as a human. But instead, all we want to do is consume content that we already agree with that. Mm -hmm. We already are quote, you know, experts on. Yeah. And, (laughs) and then we, you know, kind of, we're so quickly to write off the other yeah. opinion of fuck out of here. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Look at all these people on my timeline that mm-hmm. know what they're talking about that agree mm-hmm. with me that, you know, all these verified accounts. So these, yeah. these people, these politicians agree with me, but we're mm-hmm. only consuming what we want to consume. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge problem with politics. And honestly, I'd like to do an episode just on my thought, like my thoughts on the, how broken the political system yeah. is and how much the actual system it sucks, itself just sucks. sucks. Um, but without getting too much into it, I mean, the way that we watch media of people that agree with us too, like Mm -hmm. we have news stations where it's like the left and the Mm -hmm. right. And you know, there's one that's supposed to be kind of in the middle, but they're not it either. So no, (laughs) yeah, we just don't have anything. It'd be great to just turn on the news and it's just news and there's no opinions. I don't need to hear all these people's opinions. That's why I never watch the mainstream news anymore. But at the same time, like you can't deny that it feels good to like have your opinion validated. Yeah. But that's so toxic. And like you said, we're not growing at all from that. No. Um, And you can't really independently think if you're constantly consuming stuff that you already agree with and basically believing everything that you're being told to believe from the source that you trust, the source that you are part of that you align with that you just, you know, it's, it's so bad. There's a million things we could talk about, about politics, but one of the biggest problems when it comes to social media and politics is the way that it's been used as a weapon, the way fake news has been spread. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) yeah, we see a lot of that. I think that the documentary said something about like, 90% of the things that you like the news stuff that you see on social media is incorrect. Like that's how much blowing or, or maybe it was that fake news is spreads 90% faster or something like that. Something like 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 that. 90% of what I see. Maybe it wasn't, it was something I can't trust anything. I think fake news spreads 90% faster. So you're more likely to see fake news than Mm -hmm. you know, what's actually going on because negativity sells and scandal and scandal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Truth exposing. And yeah, obviously there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there where obviously people who really like conspiracies, we believe in a lot of them, but there's a lot that we don't believe in like majority of it. And the way that things are spread without any 
Holy any source, shit. just fake things. And then people will come to me and be like, oh, you need to do your research on X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, where's your, what research? Right. What source? Someone on Facebook, right. your aunt posted something <laughs> like, dude, oh, your aunt. <laughs> I mean, just the, how quickly someone will share or believe something and accept it as real without actually knowing that it's real, without it an actual source, because it fits their narrative. And that's so, so problematic on so many levels. Yeah. It was crazy. Once again, one of the folks in the documentary was saying, they kind of asked him like, what do you think is the worst thing that could happen, you know, out of this? What's the worst outcome? And he kind of paused for a moment. He was like, if you're talking about, you know, in the short term future, um, as far as like our lifetime, he's like civil war. And at first I was like, damn, that's dramatic. But then I was like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I can absolutely see that happening. We're more divided than ever, right? We are more divided than ever. And we really don't like hearing things that we don't already agree with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we'd ever go to civil war though. Cause I feel like people are too lazy to get the fuck off their phones and actually go fight in real life. Like that's is someone going to fight off of Twitter. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of people saying hate on the internet, but it's that's already, easy to do in your pajamas from your house. I was like, going to social go media already is a civil war. Yeah. It really so, is. No, that's a very good point, yeah. but it's just showing the fact that we are so divided. We're mm-hmm. so hostile and we're so quick to write people off yeah. when they don't align with our already mm-hmm. established beliefs. I'm guilty. I'm totally guilty. So am I. That. So am I. There have been plenty of times I've read something like, oh, I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's not good. Yeah. No, and it's then, not good for this human species, right? No. Because one of the things that I've, I found really interesting uh, in the social dilemma was the fact that they were talking about how, you know, we all, I, I think there's a lack of understanding by the general public about technology and AI specifically. And I, I like the fact that they were explaining how AI is already running everything. Mm-hmm. Like they're saying that at Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, there's only a handful of people, engineers that actually yeah. know a tiny bit about the algorithms and how the shit works. But for the most part, it's, it's controlling everything on its own, mm-hmm. which it's, is not shocking ar- with YouTube. No, we know that. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we know people of- are watching our content. <laughs> so, for me, like this was like a wake up call, like, holy mm-hmm. shit, we got to really figure out what we're going to do about not only social media, but just technology in general. And like, we got to get some control over this because if we let these tech companies just like go at it and just continue to, you mm-hmm. know, letting the shit advance and get smarter and smarter, we're going to be in a world of trouble. And we're as people, we're dividing more and more and more. Think about where it's going to be in 20 years from now, if if it exponentially increases, you know two or three times every year. I mean, that's a scary thought to think about because there could be a point where we're so divided as humans that, you know, we, we all of a sudden realize that, okay, you know, we're under the spell or the addiction of technology and technology runs our every facet of our life. And, you know, how long will it be before your handheld phone, you know, this phone you're not carrying it around in your pocket. This is in your freaking head. Yeah. You know, what's Especially that going to look like? Everything yeah. That shit's Elon scary. Musk. Shut that down. I know. And it's so funny listening to Josh, like, cause when we first started this podcast, he had just gotten out of the it world. And obviously when you work in it, you're like super pro technology and like you were always pro advancement. You know, I was on the opposite side. Like, this is really scary. This is a problem. And you were like, well, well, you know, it'll be cool when we're all this robotic society. It'll be so cool. And it's interesting to see how you've changed the more you've learned about this stuff and have been in the social media world. You've shared with me how toxic it's been for you, 
you know, being on these apps and just the whole experience. It's a, an amazing thing. Don't get us wrong when complaining about this, no. by the way. This is the best thing in our lives. We're so grateful. But it can be hard, just like it is for anybody else. Social media is clearly can be really toxic. Yeah, well, for me, it's just like, I think once I got out of IT and I got out of just, you know, the the corporate world and and I got to be more free, I realized how much I missed the natural world and I missed that connection to you know, there's a lot of people out there who uh, I really look up to that say one of the biggest problems in our world is we've lost this connection to spirit. And I love that quote because I, I think that's absolutely true. We've lost our connection to the natural world and the spiritual world, and we're becoming way too plugged in. And, you know, technology is controlling every aspect of our life, it seems like. And, you know, I think there's going to be a point that if we let this run out of control, we could literally just lose ourselves as human beings. Like we could, I mean, who knows what will happen exactly, but I think, you know, we all need to take a step back and look at our technology consumption, especially with social media, because, you know, so much of who we are is wrapped up into your profile and what you, you know, present online. Mm -hmm. And we're not thinking so much about how we're, you know, just treating the person that we ran into at Starbucks or how we're treating, you know, we're all kind of operating in our own little worlds, you know, even just driving around, we all act like there's yeah. no one else around I us. Totally. We're, we're still in our yeah. little world here. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it, it's very worrisome. I, I got to say. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. You've, I thought maybe you should just delete your social media, babe. So you just like hate it. And I feel bad, like making you have it, you know, I mean, well, I don't make you yeah, have it, but I mean, it's, a, it's I suggested <laughs> Well, it is a tool. That's the thing. It is a tool and our job requires us to have this as a tool. Yeah. And, and it is nice to reach out to people, right? Yeah, exactly. And I like to see, I like to communicate with yeah, fans too. and things like that. Mm -hmm. I do like to, because it is hard to do this job to just nothingness, you know, and not have any sort of <laughs> a feedback. That wouldn't or, really work. <laughs> you know, we have no idea who we're even saying this stuff to. Yeah. And that's why it is nice is because we're all so far away. We're also spread yeah. out. So it does bring us closer in a sense. Because we love that when we get to meet people in person. Right, exactly. Or you'll like, you know, get on Twitter and once in a while someone will reach out to you and it like really makes you your day or makes you yeah. think or really, you know, has an impact on you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, how cool is that? I would never have, you know, had that experience without without social media. Right. Totally. It's made the world a smaller place, but it has, it has come at a cost. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think the biggest lesson from, uh, there was actually some criticism towards the social dilemma documentary because it, it presents this really kind of scary future with mm -hmm. social media, but they didn't really give us any answers as to how do we fix this problem that we have? Well, actually they did at the end of the documentary, they literally gave all these suggestions of little things you can do to like limit social media. Well, it was limit, like, get but, off of it. But yeah. I'm talking about the larger issue. <laughs> Turn it not, off at night. Yeah. yeah larger there's, issue. there's personal things you can do, Yeah, but I'm saying the larger picture here is how do we stop you know, from mm -hmm. a large, you know, from the, the larger level, literally have exactly. to delete it. We have to just ban it then. because and it's that's almost, not going to happen. It's like, we're like, okay, how do we fix this? It's, it's, we're taking it as like our responsibility. It's our responsibility to fix it because we got addicted to it. So now we need to make the changes, which Ooh, is that's not, not letting our kids have it until we're 16, making sure that we put our phones away before we go to bed in a different room. But it's not our responsibility. We didn't cause the addiction. Mm -hmm. It's not our fault that we're addicted to social media. It shouldn't be up to us to fix it. It should be up to the giant corps that are making zillions of yeah. dollars off of us to put laws in place in order yeah. for our mental health to not be at at the expense of them well i mean at the end of the day your addiction is your addiction and if you can't like expect the pharmaceutical companies who created 
you know, opiates to cure you, give you a solution. You have to, at the end of the day, have the willpower to get yourself out of any addiction. I agree. But to some extent, I think that a lot of people are put in situations that are incredibly, you know, to, to their disadvantage that yeah. creates the addiction. Oh, I completely Whether agree with you. Whether that's an abusive situation or a toxic right. one or you're sick or I agree. whatever it is. It is their fault and it is their responsibility that we're addicted. I completely agree with that, but I'm saying at the end of the day, we are the only ones who can break our addiction to it social d- media. It sure does seem like that, right? Yeah. I don't they're think, not going to do I don't shit. think they're doing anything anytime they're soon. They're all about profit. And that's what they really drove home at the end of this documentary is profit is above Everything. Everything. And that's what's wrong with our society. It's why our planet is being ruined, why we're over drilling and we're killing animals and we're not giving a shit about it. You know, like on the grand scale, they keep keep taking our resources, keep mining until there's nothing left. Explain it for a quick buck. Yep. Because even though it'll fuck up future generations, who cares? What we're doing is creating huge long-term damage, but we don't give a fuck because we need to get what we need to get right now. Yeah. Like, well, are we going to change? No. It's like, okay, so they're going to keep using us as long as we'll be on our phones. Mm -hmm. Like until we have a revelate revolution, revelation, whatever, and decide we're not going to be on it anymore. That's it. We're, we're done. We're the product, which is typically how there's nothing left to take from us, which is typically how it works in the past, right? When, when humans are, or when a set of humans are disadvantaged, it typically takes that set of people to rise up and say, this Mm -hmm. is bullshit. We're not putting up with this anymore in order for there to be change. I mean, that's what's happened with tons of, you know, historical events. And so, and that's what I meant with my comment about addiction is that we're going to be the only yeah. ones who can break it, us I, out of I this would agree with that because sure. they are never going to stand up. Like the day the pharmaceuticals step up and become the cure for addiction, yeah. I'll oh, believe well. it. You know, yeah, right, right, that's right. never going to happen. We are seen as profit and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think in your own life, what you can take away from this. And that's why I think watching this documentary is super helpful is making little changes you know, not just continuing to, to go along because that's what we do now. And, you know, think about other things that you could be doing with your time on your phone. Even if you have to turn off the internet, I think the internet is the biggest problem here. Like you Mm -hmm. can use a device like a television or your phone on airplane mode and play a game and like use a device. Mm -hmm. It's the internet connection. It's the ads that are constantly being served to you. It's the connecting with the other like people outside of the world. That's really bringing in all the toxicity because again, Mm -hmm. like you can play roller roller coaster tycoon on your iPad and be having a great fucking time. It's so good for me. I love roller coaster tycoon. (laughs) I highly recommend downloading it because it's free. It's the old game. It's not connected to the internet. So they're not like press this for, you know, do and watch an ad and get a free coin. Like it's not, it's off and I love that roller coaster tycoon if you would like to sponsor the session <laughs> I'm fucking addicted to it but it's because I've been trying to be off of social media more often but I like time on devices so <laughs> I'm like you know trying to spend some time doing things that are you know not on the internet even like listening to my therapist was like if you like listening to YouTube videos so much maybe you should just listen to a book instead mm-hmm. which I do but I'm trying to up that content like listen to it more books and try to like, especially self-help books or things yeah. that are going to actually recharge me totally. or aid me versus not making me feel shitty. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a hard balance. You know, we all got to figure out how, how social media is going to work into our lives in a healthy way, yeah. which is very hard to do. Very hard to do. And I think that honestly, one of the biggest things that we can do as humans is just become aware of the fact that this is even happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I think a lot of people have absolutely no idea that social media really is an addiction or they hear about it, but they're like, whatever, what does that really mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, these types of documentaries, you know, the social dilemma and stuff like that is kind of going to be the catalyst to educating people on what it's doing to us. Because if we don't know how we're being affected, then why would we even bother to make a change? Right? Like we need to understand how Mm -hmm. we're negatively being affected and how the bigger, you know, how this big picture runs and how we are basically just little hamsters on wheels Mm -hmm. in order for us to be like, wait a fucking second. That's not cool. You know, something's not right with that. But until we educate ourselves and until we really come to terms with the fact that this is fucking us up, we would have no reason to change it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's about learning how you can fill your life with things that make you happy and not give you anxiety. Like think about things like if you have so much time in a day, how much time do you want to give to your phone versus you could do something else for an hour and see how much it gives back to you versus four hours of sitting on your phone. Yeah. You know, it's going to be like more meaningful time. I mean, how fast time moves by when you're on technology. It's like scary sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, I've been scrolling TikTok for two hours. Yeah. I'm like, let me write the fuck up a paragraph of my paper and then I'll spend the next four hours on my social media break. (laughs) (laughs) It's absurd. It is absurd. And like sometimes, I mean, I know a lot of you out there probably have you know, social media time, screen time up to like 10 hours. Yeah. You know, I'm sure some of you out there, if you're like a podcast listener, you're like not new to technology. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm really curious if you guys, if any of our listeners have um, kids who are kind of reaching the age of, yeah. You know, dabbling to social media. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? How are you helping? What the hell are you doing? Because (laughs) God, I just, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Me either. I don't know what the right answer is. Josh, what do you think we should do with our future kids when it comes to social media? Like, are you going to be those weird parents who are like, (laughs) no internet until you're 18? No, absolutely not. I think, I mean, kids are on the internet from like straight out of the womb, pretty much like they're plugged in. One-year-olds are working their mom's phones. Yeah, exactly. I think insert their neural link as soon as they're born. (laughs) My God. I think the biggest thing is just being aware of what they're doing and trying to track. Like the good thing is, is that, there is a lot of technology out there that you can use to monitor your child's usage on their devices. That's true. And I don't think it's for whatever reason, it's not advertised as well as it should be. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, people just don't know about it. Like Disney has their own brand of software that they actually have for devices and things like that, Mm -hmm. that they sell so that you can see all of the websites they go to. You can see their, uh, you get like a report breakdown of, their social media usage and everything. Plus following your kids, obviously making sure you have access to their passwords, usernames. I I think there's, there's ways to do it. Um, but at the same time, you know, your kid's going to fight you on a lot of that stuff. And I know from my own experience, I used to fight my parents on, you know, why are you checking my browser history, you know, and things like that. So, and we had a completely different upbringing. My parents never, ever saw what I was doing. They never looked, never checked, never read messages. They gave me so much privacy. And I mean, people, I will tell you, people will agree, will disagree with you on that. Um, that's a super controversial topic is how much should you be monitoring what your kids are doing? I agree with you. I, I think I will monitor quite a bit because I know what the fuck's out there and I don't want my kid ending up in some terrible situation. Like I've seen too much to let them just free roam the whole internet without at least monitoring some things, but it's to what extent, 
because you do want to give your kids some privacy. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want my parents to have listening into my phone conversations right. or checking my texts and reading right. stuff. And yeah, I think like, you want to respect them as an individual. Boundary. They're still an individual. But I at mean, the same time, it's a dangerous world and you like want to protect your kids and you can't even just put them on kid, YouTube kids anymore. Cause no. that's trash. Yeah. I've heard there's like, Creepy really shit creepy there. shit on there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I really do want to hear you guys' opinions. Josh and I aren't parents yet, so we really don't like have too set of like what we're going to do yet. But I'm, I'm really curious to hear what other parents are doing right now. Um, Cause this is a scary issue and you can't do nothing. Right. And unfortunately it's only going to get, to get worse if you yeah. want to call it that. Yeah. Get more intense. Yeah, I know it, it really is. I mean, especially now, with this Neuralink thing. Yeah, holy shit. That's the other, that's brain implants. Yeah. That's the whole other thing we haven't even talked about. The new world of literally putting technology into your body. That's yeah. sick. I'm never doing that. I am saying right now, I will never fucking do that. They're going to have to strap me down to get me to do that. No way. Well, and what happens when everything goes virtual reality? Like what happens when, you know, there's no Nintendo, no PlayStation. Everything is literally virtual, virtual. world everything Ugh. like come over to my virtual up. beach house let's yeah. go have a virtual family vacation Ugh. i'm not going to do well in that time because if i'm on virtual reality for more than 10 minutes i throw up so <laughs> well don't worry i'm sure they'll have a cure for you <laughs> hey for all of you who are puking over here take a this ivy of zofran that's right. on the couch <laughs> it, buy one product get half off zofran for the next <laughs> six months <laughs> uh it's scary it is I don't know what's going to happen and we're kind of just in for the ride. Right. I mean, we can't, it's not, it's not stopping. It's not going away. That's the thing. And we all, we all watch these movies knowing that it's not going to go away. No. And what did I do last night when I got home after watching it? <laughs> me too. Went on social media. Me too. I was so, on it immediately. Yep, and then immediately. I was like, oh my God, I'm addicted. I'm yep. addicted. I'm like, I'm so addicted. Let me keep re-scrolling until something good pops up that I yep. want to watch. And now I'm always going to have the visual of the three men in the phone <laughs> that are like too. serving me up shit. And are like, oh, this sucker. Keeping her on longer. <laughs> I know. I really like that they did that. But um, of course, we want to know what you guys think of the social dilemma and everything we talked yes. about from fake news to social media addiction to the cons and the pros and just let us know all the things below yes thanks for watching guys we really appreciate you guys or listening or yeah or listening <laughs> if you are watching um if you have an extra minute if you want to pop over to apple Podcasts or spotify and give us a follow um or subscribe on there that would be really awesome really we helps really us. appreciate it and yeah just thanks for all your support guys you guys have been awesome for mm-hmm. the start of this episode or start of this podcast it's been such a blast it is we love it so we much we love you guys the sesh so. is our little baby yes we love the sesh and we will see you next week on the sesh but until then keep, keep it fresh, fresh.